if you, honestly, if you can get anybody to say it's not art, it's more art than anything else. That, it, yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get a reaction out of someone. You're making art. If you can't, then you're like, you're trying to make art, right? All right, welcome to another episode of Not Investment Advice. We've got NI boys back together. The gang is back. Jack Butcher, Trunk Fan, Bilal Zaidi. I didn't realize it's been a few weeks, boys. I thought it was just two. But uh, you guys were correcting me before we started recording. It's been three weeks before we've all three of us been there together. Jack's been on the road. We're going to hear all He's about... Been visualized. He's been visualizing value. <laughs> in real life, in real yeah. life. Uh, we want to hear about that. And uh, we're going to be doing a heavy AI episode today talking about mid-journey AI art crossing the Rubicon, as Trung said. The um, coat. At this the... point, everyone has seen the poop coat. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're going to get on to that. But boys, I have to tell you a story because I was getting my hairs cut a few days ago. You can see that fresh trim. And I was talking about my barber. I've been going to him for a little while. And he was like, oh, how's the pod going? I was like, oh, I've got a second one nowadays. It's called No Investment Advice. And then long story short, I tell him I work with you two. And he goes, Jack Butcher. Oh, no way, man. That's that guy. I bought one of his checks. I bought one of his checks, man. <laughs> I bought it for like $8. And I was like, man, this is incredible. The world oh, we're living in. Thrown under the bus there. Yeah, yeah work with uh, Trung and Jack Butcher. Yeah. Trung? Who's Trung? Who's that? Who's that? Sounds Vietnamese. Yeah. Yeah, what, uh, um, what's it? But what, uh, what, uh, what, uh, what, he might Jack be listening Butcher. to this episode. Jacks? Yeah. I, I know Jacks. <laughs> but Jack, well, what, we're, what's we're been happening since the, the last time? That, uh... No, go, go on, Trung. Go, go for it. No, I was just going to say that we were joking that Bilal's all here scaling this. Man, when you Do say things podcast that don't growth, scale. when you say podcast <laughs> growth is hard, this is what we mean, people. That well, one to one gets his haircut four yeah. times a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bilal <laughs> <laughs> well, is on here trying to burn one listener. Bro, he's got four haircuts in the last week. That's what you got to do, bro. You got to let everyone know. That's no, the move. I go, that's great, I got one more before uh, Jack uh, gives us the rundown because I actually don't even know. We, we don't even know what Jack's been up to. The, we have pictures and stories, but I'm not saying that this is going to happen in checks, but you guys know the famous story about Joseph Kennedy, right? JFK's dad. On the eve of the Great Depression, on that Black Monday when the stock market crashed, he sold like everything. And then his tell was that he went to get uh, his shoe shined. And the shoe shine kid was like, hey, uh, Mr. Kennedy, let me throw you some stock tips. He's like, okay, this is it. This is the total top. This is the end of it. And Joseph Kennedy Shorted the market, got I out. I see the he... parallel you're trying to make yeah. here, Trunk. And I, <laughs> no, 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 no. Baba I'm not Eli, who's that. listening. Right now, I'm, I'm joking. Just, I'm joking. No, I'm joking, man. Uh, uh, this to is definitely fair, not the case. To because... be fair, all jokes aside, my Baba is a real G. Like, he, uh, well, he first of all, he owns the business. So he's like, uh, you know, he's been in he's been in the game for a while, but also just knows. He's talking about AI to me. He was talking about all the new stuff. So, very interesting barber chat. I'm not chat. making parallels. I'm just saying no, I no, remember I'm this story. I'm not making parallels here. <laughs> Jack, please. Um, Jack, what happened, man? We haven't. You've been on the road. L.A., Beeple's event. Charleston, what was the deal? Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Right, boys. Uh, so three weeks ago, I went to the um, Beeple opening in Charleston. So he like built a 50,000 square foot space and uh, invited a bunch of people to come and uh view all his work and he did some work in real time too so like is this massive um almost like warehouse style space it was split into two sections one half was like traditional gallery white wall you know oil paint 
oil painted um of his pieces oil painted and like all these different exhibits within that gallery space and then the other half of it was like completely blacked out nightclub like wall like every surface had a projector on it the tables were digital the columns holding up the space were all digital um there's great photos on his twitter feed of it but just killer man like um a lot of the exhibits in digital art world today are like a little bit lackluster you know you have like the the samsung tvs hanging with all the like cables falling out the back and it just looks like <laughs> shit but obviously people incredibly well capitalized massive reputation and put what i assume is a bunch of his own uh resources into making this thing happen featured a bunch of other artists that's how um we uh initially got a chat the only reason i um got invited to that thing i'm assuming is the checks thing from a month or so ago we we started chatting after that and uh yeah, it was a fun. Because he made a couple pieces, remember? Yeah, a couple like interpretations of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was funny, man, because the like Christie's was the other partner in this thing, so you have like this massive contrast in attendees. There's like the Discord, Twitter, NFT boys, degenerate, you know, that crowd, yeah. and then there's like you know, fifty chartered private jets at, at, at charleston airport which is like you know swiss art collectors and you know high society Christie. so it's just funny man to see that's like, cool to see both of them coming together though yeah yeah and uh yeah they just did a sick job putting that on like if anyone saw the photos they had these really realistic um like uh i guess they're like rubber masks they have bezos zuckerberg people oh, had I a did few see of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was like so you walk in there after a few beers and it's like you like the first one I saw I was like double taken it's like what the f that guy looks exactly like Mark Zuckerberg yeah <laughs> and from uh, far yeah yeah from a long way away and then you go up to him and the head is like two inches bigger than it should be and you, you get it but it was amazing he did a like a live every day at the event so he like set up a stage in the middle of the spot and like was on the computer for 90 minutes making one in real time yeah it was great that's man. amazing it man. was great uh, that's it. So did, you get, did you get to chat to him much in person? Just uh, no, just like a minute saying hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Busy dude. That's all good. Incredible. I'm sure man. it was a lot going on. That's amazing. What about LA, man? You, what was going on there? LA was good. So LA was NFT LA last week. So I went in Monday, came back Friday. We did a checks event with uh, these guys called Gasoline in LA. They got a gallery space, and uh, it was like a the two projects like token gated party for the two projects it was it was class man those guys know how to throw a party like they put it they did all the organization we did the live screen printing so we had some merch here made and like people would uh screen print a grid of checks in the color they wanted on the back of the merch we had t-shirts hoodies made some canvases great music good times man that's and, sick uh, man just met a lot a lot of people who um yeah, I've been admirers of their work for a long time. Met a few people who collected the work. A few people from like VV, you know, three, four years ago. OGs that showed up to the event. It was it was class. That's sick, a man. A good week. Wait, let me throw out a shout out to Jordan because he sent me a picture. So, Blau, you don't know this, but there's a chap from Vancouver named Jordan. I met him at an event about a year ago. He snapped yeah, yeah, a photo. Yeah, I think I remember you. Uh, and then he sent him a me a photo. Pod. 
And he's like, yo, now I only got one more like NIA Pokemon to collect, and it's Bilal. Pokemon. So Bilal, you <laughs> turn me a off picture of him and Jack. Yeah. Yo, what the bar- yo, you know where you're going to find Bilal. Go to the barber shop. Yeah. Like, Bilal will be at the barber shop. Oh, those trees, bro. You've been there. <laughs> anyway, Wait, Jack, um... this is a uh, last question for Jack was the, I mean, you're. You're on the NFT circuit, like you're you're traveling again. Like, uh, what's the next big one? How are you feeling about getting out and about? It's good, man. Uh, the next one's gonna be New York, and then we're doing Consensus in Austin. Me and Jalil, the guy that did all the solidity for checks. Amazing. Uh, end of April. Now I think it quiet quieting down for a little bit after that. Uh, but New York can try and do something interesting. But gotta try and find Jack, space. Jack, do you know what date is uh, New York one? Because I doubt it. you're going to be really busy, but uh, might be a time up. to get Trung into town and uh, do no a little doubt. NIA. I don't know if that's going to what happen. What is the date? Yeah, let's see. What is the date? It is April it's in 15 days' time. Whenever that oh, is. Oh, damn. Okay, okay. That's going to be... <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it after. We can do yeah, calendar 12, syncing after. 12th, 13th, and 14th of April. All right. Oh, so you'll be seeing B-Man for sure. We'll try, either way, we'll try to do, uh, If I don't know if we'll get a chance to do it, but anyone who's in New York, NA people, if maybe we can uh, try yeah, to get a few people hour. together or That'd something. Yeah, yeah. that would be fun. All right, let's 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 talk about it after. All right, boys, let's get straight into it. Thanks for the update, Jack, on from the field reporting right there, uh, NFT world. So mid-journey, boys, can you one of you two explain to me what's going on with mid-journey? Because I've seen videos, we're going to share some pictures um in a second why don't we but tee up why don't we tee up like the thing that's gone everybody will have recognized the, it at this the point pope? yeah tee up the point uh this is basically meme of the week by this point i think so yeah our boy Tanay shared this on twitter um here we go you guys see that so the pope has the most generic person mid journey version five so far i mean look at this i mean the drippiest pope uh, yeah no doubt well, we gotta, i mean yeah, that hit, is insane hit, yeah levels. for the listeners it's just uh it's images of the Pope. I mean, it, that it is looks wild. so real. And he's just doing really trippy things like rocking the swaggiest stuff. And he's DJing. Actually, could you, uh, Bilal, could you Google this Pope coat so we can see the actual coat? Now, as you do that, I'll talk through what kind of happened here. So, this happened over the weekend. Uh, a photo of Pope Francis rocking a giant, it looks like a Montclair winter coat. And just like the most blingiest possible uh, chain with there the cross go. you could see. Yeah, for the listeners, uh, here it is. You've seen it at this point. <laughs> but uh, what's funny is that, so this thing, I'll ask you guys the two questions before I tell you the backstory about the artist. So first of all, the artist was high on shrooms when he did this, which is just an incredible <laughs> addition to this story. BuzzFeed yeah. interviewed him. But when you guys saw this picture, because this is what people are talking about, I thought it was real. My first instinct was like, holy crap, this is, the word holy, holy crap, this is incredible. So my first instinct was, this is incredible. Whoa, I, I thought it was real. It took me about half an hour to realize it was a fake uh, because I kept, I'm like, this can't, I went, this can't be real. And I wasn't convinced until I did enough Googling and Twitter searching. Did you guys think it was real when you saw it? I did the first time I saw yeah. it, yeah. And I, I didn't did. think it was that far-fetched, honestly. Yeah, like, I, just, yeah. I thought he just got a cool-looking jacket that, that looked slightly younger than you'd expect Yeah, like Gucci wearing, made it for him or yeah. something. That's what I was yeah, thinking, yeah. yeah. Gucci well, made it for him. No, but legitimately, to Jack's point, Lamborghini made a car for right. the Pope. You're Italian, right? Exactly. And, and uh, the Pope signed this car. He blessed this Lamborghini and sold it for charity. So, like, 
exactly like Jack said. I want to know the story of who believable. bought that Lamborghini, man. That yeah, must I be. I know, man. But like, no, you better not be driving that. There might be an episode in there somewhere. It's like the royal family, right? They're they're getting like I don't know. Burberry's probably just like tailor making them all their gear. They're not going That's to. That's true. They're yeah. Not going to House of Fraser, are they? Yeah. <laughs> House of Fraser. <laughs> all right. Yeah, they're getting those barber jackets made custom, man. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. What did you think when you saw it? No, I feel the same. Yeah. I, I mean. Honestly, I didn't really follow this properly. I just saw a picture. I was like, oh, yeah, he looks kind of dripped out. It's kind of funny, but like, it's you, not that crazy. Did you think crazy. it was real? Like, you it's didn't like think believable it was enough. I think that's yeah. why it took off, it's right? Not it's like, like he's wearing uh, like a clown outfit. Like right. He's wearing a jacket. I'm like, oh, it's probably cold there. And, <laughs> and like, if you're getting like the new, if you're buying a new jacket, a lot of them look like that, right? They're not like yeah. that crazy. Well, so You guys brought up a very good point. I think I'll go to Jack's point. His first point was like, it doesn't seem out of the ordinary. So people kept on bringing great points. They're like, yeah. I mean, the Pope rocks so pretty drippy stuff, right? Like, the Pope gear is kind of drippy. And uh, and that jacket is not super far-fetched, right? Um, but then, you know, you do like 20. It's one of those things where, like, you guys also saw the Donald Trump uh, uh, photos of him being arrested. Yeah, like those, yeah, yeah. Those also went viral. Uh, but that one, you're just like, the, it, I think my takeaway from all this is uh so uh one of the writers his name's ryan broderick he says this is like the first mass uh uh like conspiracy not the conspiracy but like the mass uh event for ai photo where a lot of people were fooled and it went viral right and um i I agree with him on that uh because of the trump one you're kind of like okay this is you know you're like this is probably fake but what i'll say about mid journey is this before i talk about the history of mid journey because Bilal asked can somebody please tell me about mid journey so what i will say is this I think we just have to, probably within the next three to six months, assume, just assume that every photo that you see with a public figure is probably fake. That yeah. should be the initial instinct. What do That's you guys think about that? That's the default now. Well, yeah. And just to clarify, because we did, we kind of glossed over it. I think people got it by this point, but this is AI-generated AI images, right? So similar, yeah. you've probably heard of Stable Diffusion, Dali in the past. This is a different thing. From mid-journey. By a similar sort of natural learning, uh, natural language. Text-to-image uh, tool, yeah. Text-to-image tool, exactly. So, and the pictures I just showed on screen, so if you're only listening, you wouldn't have seen those, but you can either click the link to watch the YouTube video or we'll share the, the thread in the show notes as well. But the pictures are absolutely insane, right? Like, they're not, like, you know, we've been seeing these kind of AI-generated profile pictures and stuff like that where they look cool, but they're not, like, Oh, that's a real picture. This is just straight up looks completely real to me. So that was just the first thing to say. Um, to answer your question, Tron, yeah, I've 100% agree, man. Like, I think we're already getting to the point where, I mean, there's been like deep fake videos for years, and even now, like you'll watch one and still not be 100% sure if it's real or not. And like now, this is that times 100 because it's only images. It's a lot easier just to to get away with images. So I definitely agree. We probably would just have to have a default as like, this is fake. I don't think that's going to happen across the board though, right? And that's where the problem is going to be because oh yes, yeah. my Se- parents are not going to be- Everybody that's 60 year old and plus on Facebook. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I don't want to target, I'm not going to say specifically, but they're so prone to conspiracies as they are, yeah. right? Like, yeah, exactly. It's only going to fuel that. What about you, Jack? What do you reckon? Yeah, I agree. The assumption, especially, yeah, especially on like a, well, actually, it doesn't matter. I was going to say on Twitter specifically, but like that's just where like 
the weird thing there is the like association with breaking news you know which it, it, it even might be moving away from anyway this like curated content for you you know your version of reality presented uh but now a lot of this stuff and this is why i've looked deeper into it in the last couple of weeks is so like it overlaps with so many of the things i was trying to poke at with the checks project like you can't trust anything you have to check like what's the cryptographic signature of this thing and what is the history of the address that minted the thing and what are they willing to compromise their reputation by you know, basically trying to mislead people intentionally and um but as i was as you're going through that last image i wonder if this guy would mint that image i'd be really that would be like an amazing example some i sent you guys in the group chat yesterday like the next picasso is a like construction worker in chicago on shrooms right yeah just to be clear that's what pablo xavier is the name of the individual that made this art and uh so the buzzfeed article you touched on he's a construction worker from chicago and i mean we'll link to the buzzfeed article but it actually got pretty dark pretty quickly uh which like all it's thought was the meme of the pope but then I read his backstory. I'm like, oh, oh, he's on shrooms. Ha, 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 ha. And then the next line is like, he's like, yeah, I started using mid-journey because my brother died in November and I'm trying to cope. I'm like, oh, Jesus. And then he goes, Damn, yeah. and when I posted this to Reddit, I started getting so much hate from people like, how can you defile the Pope? And I'm like, oh my God, this is like, this story is like, when you dig underneath the meme, it's like, they're real stuff. But I mean, like, what I'll say is I think it's turned. I think at this point, hundreds of millions if not billions of people have seen this photo it's like has truly reached that level of virality and my guess is i mean i've read the responses like i po posted some of those photos i po posted one with the drippy pope uh, in the lamborghini and like all the responses are like people are like they're like they get it right it's like they, i think this is important for people to understand is uh you should really question when you see a famous figure and I mean, we'll talk a bit more. Uh, I want to ask Jack specifically about this. Is there's something about it's like it, it, hyper realism, right? If something looks too glossy, too real, it's the same with Instagram. If somebody's so done up, like the Kardashians, right? There's you you know there's something going on. Everything's so photoshopped that hyper realism is actually kind of a bit of a tell. It's an aesthetic, right? You get it. You feel it in your gut. That's just not quite real. It's too perfect, right? It's like a version of the uncanny valley. Uh, uncanny Valley, for the listeners that don't know, is the idea of um, there's basically a spectrum, right? If something is super unrealistic and you're kind of, uh, and then 95% being correct, like the unsettling part is like you get more and more unsettled the closer it is to reality, but it's just not quite there. It's like your, your, your evolutionary vision and uh, cognitive skills are kicking in. And you're just like, you're trying to make sense of the world and something's just not quite there. So it's like really unsettles you, right? It's like when somebody wears that, uh, you know, that mask from the movie Halloween, it's like a face, but then you're looking at it and it's just not quite there. It's like really scary, right? I mean, this is a version of that in that it's reality, but not quite. And it kind of kicks something off in you because that's your whole evolutionary uh, point of existence. That's how you propagate it. You try to survive through these. I mean, is that too much of three guys on microphones like <laughs> like opining no, I think it makes sense. about that no no that makes sense uh, i think like that gap is closing though with this stuff because you can like the way you can influence the polish of the image 
is kind of amazing now. Like the mid journey specifically is maybe a month ago, like you could kind of tell which engine was kicking these images out based on the style or the finish or like the things that it was trained on. And now that like, one, I think people are getting better at manipulating it. And two, obviously the models are getting better and getting like exponentially trained on it. People putting information into them and I just think that stuff is like so hard to con conceptualize like how much better they get in what period of time but it is it is exponential so like the ability for it to like do that same photo but make it look like it was snapped by you know an iPhone 10 with a hand in front of the lens like you could tell it to do that and it would make something real so it feels like that phenomenon even is being compressed down to not a thing and the fingers was the big thing before yeah, this hands right? and fingers right it couldn't that, do hands and fingers and that was like oh don't worry about it that like he's gonna have weird hands so you're gonna know it's like yeah that was that was like a two-day yeah no, it was two like day six compression months. is done yeah yeah well, here, here's why, like, uh, I was reading up on that hand because, like, Jackie said, it was a big meme, right? It's like, whenever, whenever you looked at, like, uh, AI art from a couple of months ago, they always mess up the hands, always extra fingers. The hand just felt really creepy. I mean, that, that makes sense, right? Because there is no, like, the face has very clear structure, right? It's like the face versus the hand because the face you can only contort in so many ways. I mean, guys like Jim Carrey can do it many, many ways, but mostly the hands. Look at this shit. For the listeners, I'm doing really creepy shit with my hands right now. And like, uh, for AI to pick up on that. But uh, I wanted to jump on something Jack said and explain to listeners that have never used Midjourney because like, we're chatting here with Bilal. Um, all three of us are quite tech, you know, we're into the tech world. But even me, like, I didn't start using Midjourney until last month. And Bilal, have you, have you tried it even no, yet? I, I've literally just been okay, looking at yeah. pictures and videos. I haven't yeah, even totally. been playing so, with it. Yeah, uh, totally. Uh, not to not to show barely.ai b-e-a-r-l.ai but we allow uh, 25 free images if you guys want to try it's, there uh, we go it uses dolly and stable diffusion but uh mid journey i will say is significantly better uh, something i will say to jack's point earlier about how you type in for people that have never tried uh text to image art i'll give you an idea of uh on the show we talk about prompt engineering and it's the idea that uh, in this generative AI world for either text or images, the whole point is that you're typing into the dialogue box, right? To try to get the AI to do something. And if you're good at it, you're a quote-unquote prompt engineer. I mean, that's just a fancy word of saying typing random stuff into a dialogue box, right? It's the same but, way uh, all the titles we've used for the last 20 years have been yes. fancy fancy well, titles for the same admin stuff. Account exec. <laughs> exactly, versus account manager, yeah, so same I'll give thing. you an idea uh, for the listeners of what, uh, like, this is a, this is a, I was on Reddit scrolling through the uh, mid-journey subreddit. You should definitely check those out. And uh, this was like a really, somebody's like, here, here's my prompt. I'm giving it away. And it's so funny that this is like what art is now. So his prompt is this. You pick any object and then you plus sign cinematic shot, plus sign photos taken by ARRI, photos taken by Sony, photos taken by Canon, Plus sign, incredibly detailed, sharpened details. Plus sign, professional lighting. Plus sign, 80 millimeter. Plus sign, Behance photography. That's, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how disgusting is that as an actual visual artist? What I told you what I just said, and that's giving you the output that we're seeing, this incredible stuff. Is that art? I just had, what is going on here? Yeah, I think so. I okay. think so. Okay. I, I, honestly, I think the 
oh man, they're just the compression of the process or the like the commodification of the tools to create the image just increases the competition on the imagination side, you know, like some of the stuff that I used to like travel around the country to do, it's, it's interesting to see this stuff because like when I started my career, building an e-com website would charge a brand 5 million bucks to make like a, what now costs you $10 a month through Shopify used to be oh, a $5 million <laughs> thing. And you have to keep an agency on retainer for 50 grand a month when it breaks, cause okay. it's gonna break. And that's like that compressed in what? I don't know, five years, 10 years maybe. And then towards the end of my career, I'm shooting car commercials. So I'm like putting a car in a fucking truck, driving it 9,000 miles to all these different locations. We need one in the beach. We need a photo of it in the, at the beach. Okay, drive the truck to the beach, do that. And even like two years ago, three years ago, you can do that without driving it there physically. But the cost, like you hire a post-production shop, like the mill, for example, these guys built a, it was like a fake car that they could change the, um, the chassis dimensions on to match basically any vehicle in production. They would then go drive it and like capture all the, um, capture all the shots. And then they put the car on in post. So there's been like these incremental like cost savings and progress of like getting costs down in the physical world. And this stuff to me is like the idea was the thing that led you to do like to put that whole job together. Right? It's like our idea is we want to put the car in these different locations and show it off. And now the cost of producing the assets is basically zero. It's like I want to put, you know, car X in front of this and i would sit in front of a computer and be like shit we need to put the headline over the top of this and there's a building there i need to send this to a post-production shop to photoshop the building out and then to like lighten this part of the image honestly some of the like the back and forth you would go through on the production side is like their photographers charging 30 grand a day to shoot uh burgers or something you know like to like do a like <laughs> restaurant like yeah, a high-end yeah, yeah. restaurant yeah. literally i'm not making i'm not like exaggerating that no, no, I get you, yeah. photographers rates 30 grand a day and you would get like a hundred shots a month later maybe right when you're going back and putting little marks on this like get rid of this thing move this around change the color blah. now it's like you're in discord typing it to mid journey and yeah i don't even know what the implications of that are but i know that it's the same idea that's happening there where as an agency, you can't go to a business now and say, we're gonna build you an e-com site for 10 million bucks or 5 million bucks or a million dollars. Just not, no one's gonna pay you for that. In the same, like all of this, and this is obviously one very specific angle of like creative services, which are, I think falls under that banner in many ways, but the, yeah, the, the it shifts where the value actually is i think like if the cost of execution is just plummeting actually sean puri had a great tweet on this yesterday i think it was he said words to the effect of basically ai makes english a programming language that's pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great a oh, actually mark cuban jumped on that uh not, not on sean's tweet but mark cuban tweeted at sam Holman and he wrote this he said 
if prompt engineering is the next phase of computing where you're manipulating the English language, he said, would this not actually increase the value of liberal arts degrees? Because you know how liberal arts has just been absolutely clapping yeah, yeah, the I last agree two with that decades? Thesis. I would agree with that, yeah. Okay, okay. So very interesting. Okay. I think it's like the... A lot of people, like this guy, the construction worker in Chicago that has an idea that is like clearly going to resonate with a lot of people, but until this point in time, does not like that expressing that thing is contingent on him doing 10 years in Photoshop, right? Now the, 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 the path from idea to execution is however long it takes him to now type that. the path tripping balls on shrooms to putting some visual but I gotta tell you guys a lot it's been it's been decades since I've done shrooms but in college I was doing a pretty regularly uh expanding the mind and uh, I remember on my first shroom trip I was I think 19 years old I saw Jimi Hendrix's face everywhere I walking down I was I, I was I was hitting the peak of my high like you know, with shrooms, you get that real nice body high, and then, and then, and then it's like the it's like the one where you gotta like hold on to something because <laughs> your business mess. <laughs> so, I, I had tile floors in my residence. I looked in the tile floors, and I literally saw hundreds of Jimi Hendrixes. I've never been able to visualize that. Well, let me put it. Now. I'll put it in mid journey right now there for we you. Go. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. see while, while Jack's doing that, Jimi Hendrix's face in tiles on the floor. And not, That's this guy's a legend. I'm not trying to step on him. I just saw Jimmy. I was telling sober passerbys, I'm seeing Jimi Hendrix people. <laughs> and they're just like, holy God. Him, like the floor uh, a manager, get this guy out of here. Okay, so let me, Bilal had asked. The floor the, where were you in Home Depot, bro? Where were you? No, we, uh, so in, the, in first year res at McGill, there's a seven floor apartment. Dude, this is oh. how dusty this uh, a residence I was staying in. And uh, guys and girls stayed in the same residence. They shared three showers and three bathrooms on the same floor. Oh, Twelve, yeah. Six I guys, six thing. girls. Bro, I never took a deuce in that bathroom. I would, go, <laughs> I would walk a kilometer <laughs> to make sure that I'm doing, bro, I'm doing like, I'm like, listen, I respect, I respect my female uh, floor mates. I ain't gonna do something here. I ain't gonna do something here. Keeping it clean, Their respect but... was not shared by everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jack, did it come up? There we go. This is oh the visualized my... value. Bro. Jesus Christ. Trunks having flashbacks. Bro, flash, literally flashbacks. Wow. Of tripping balls. Um, wow. Look at that. Jack has tiles on the floor of a bar. So for, wait, for people who are listening only, Jack, could you explain what you just did there? Yeah. So how does Midjourney work? So Jack, what did you do? Midjourney, as far as I know, only works in Discord right now. So you basically there's a set of prompts. You explain to it what you want, and it spits it back out. So uh, forward slash imagine, then you give it a prompt. And I didn't do any stylistic stuff. I literally just did what what Trung said. Uh, he saw, and you can add a bunch of stuff to the end of this, like you know that Ari style Sony, blah blah blah, contrast light. But we just described it. And then it spits out this grid of four images. Then it gives you the option to like create variations on top of that. So Trung, which one of these is what closest? does a you, what does your you own mean? Adventure. What does V mean? So yeah. U will be upsized, so it will give okay. you one, and then V will just give you four more versions of whichever okay. one you pick. 
Okay, so uh, uh, I will. The top right one is giving me serious PTSD. All right, so we'll do V two. <laughs> All right, we'll let that cook. Um, All right, so wait, wait, Jack. Let's talk about the mechanics a bit here. About uh, for people who don't know what Discord, uh, what a uh, Mid Journey is, uh, and people who don't know what Discord is. Discord is like Slack. Uh, well, it's a, it's already it's up, a, by the way, for people who aren't yeah. listening. Yeah. Okay, guys, I'm gonna need a couple minutes. Uh, if, can we pause? Uh, uh, Rafa, can you cut? <laughs> <laughs> Trunk's gonna Bro, yeah, so, have a little flashback right now. Oh, it's tripping. But sorry, balls. I didn't want to cut you off, Trunk. You you're gonna explain. Yeah, let's talk about mid journey a bit. Is uh, uh so well can, uh, blah. What is Discord? Do you know what Discord is, Jack? Yeah, okay. Jack, what is Discord? Jack, use it more, can't Jack? It's like um, yeah, I think Slack is probably the best analogy for people listening to it's this a chat, but it was it's built, a fully functioning chat app like, yeah it's like you, uh, you can build rooms channels you can configure all these different things it took off in the like gaming world so people playing games would use discord like it's like the new irc if anyone's that old it's where you message with people share ideas create if anyone's rooms. that old yeah <laughs> But Jack, so I had a question, and, and then what Jack just did here, he literally just does backslash imagine, and then he writes what he wants to be made. That is, that is the mechanic for creating these visuals, which is objectively insane from what Jack just described. He's talking about guys with cars, like $30,000 to do a car shoot with fake cars with chassises you can swap in and out. Now you can do the same thing in two seconds, right? For the listeners, Jack's just making prompts right now. He's doing a sports car. So what I wanted to ask Jack is this. Uh, something far. I didn't understand about mid-journey is... This could um, get wild. I want to see... Yeah, uh, it could get wild, right? Okay, so of, first of all, what I want to say is that this, so mid-journey is built on top of Discord right now. That's the mechanic. But they are building their own website. And people have always wondered, why the hell are they building this on Discord? I think the the easy answer is that they they want to focus on building the technology and not worry so much about the UI UX and and, and this is funny because I was in Reddit I was in the Mid Journey Reddit and this is what somebody wrote. One guy goes, "Why is this built on Discord? Why doesn't it have its own website?" And uh, Alex G four Map four Y says, "I think having Discord as a main application creates a stronger community." And then a guy called Moog is Love writes replies. I'm not looking for a circle jerk. I want so I don't I don't want software fuck force down my face. Community is what you tech. <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> All you tech bros care about community. Just give me the fucking app. This how funny is this? So Jack, you run a Discord. Do you think? Uh, do you have any knowledge of why they started Mid Journey on a Discord? Does the community element? Do you think this is it additive? Because for the one thing we'll add is for nobody's ever used this. Like you type this in, and other people, dozens of other people are doing the same thing. So like, when you gotta like scroll down this chat channel to find your picture when it's done, and you're seeing all these other wackos uh, doing their crazy ideas. Wackos like smart people having fun, whatever. I'm just you know being uh, illustrative here. But Jack, thoughts on Discord as Mid Journey's uh, uh, vehicle? I reckon they probably um, just pure speculation. They probably started it to get feedback early on. You know, when there's not 20,000 people in there and you can really like, I don't know, maybe other people seeing the outputs also create some momentum too, where it's like, oh, I'm going to take that part of the prompt. It's just like inspired. Uh... I'm, I'm speculating. I don't know if that's why they did it, but maybe they saw that happen and just kept it up. It's also like you can invite the bot to your Discord server. So this is like completely 
this is just a private channel I've made for myself in the Visualize Value Discord where I could just interact with it one-on-one. -on -one. So there's ways to do that. We have one in the public or a, you know, a public server within the private server. That could go wrong very quickly, I'm sure. For some, right, that... right. So Wait, you, why would it go wrong, Bilal? Why well, would I go where, wrong? Well, if someone thought it was private, but it was actually <laughs> in a public channel. <laughs> Prompting the, the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, Bilal, you bring up a very good point because yeah. the tiers of payment, so for the listeners, Jack just... Oh, like Jack just put up a photo of looks that like a is, Porsche sorry, in the just Porsche. So, yeah, I want to get that. But Stick look, just it. for people who are only listening, the picture Jack has been doing this live in his Discord channel. That is that would have cost how much? Hundred oh, grand? Just silly money. Like, like, just like to, to do make... it properly commercially yeah. with insurance, with fucking like a chase car. Like the way this that, stuff is done is if. And if you but, think and just trying to apply this to what this is going to be used for, right? Like the reason those guys could charge this twenty. You know, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, it's because you were getting this 4K equivalent or like way even, you know, higher res that's going on TV, it's going on a movie screen, and it's going to be on a billboard, etc. Like, and nowadays, most of the stuff is going online in digital formats anyway. And, and on I don't phones. think that's, and I don't think that's even a, a restriction. Ex like exactly. For much longer, right? The, the, yeah, well, the resolution of this stuff. You could take that and probably say resize these for I don't know if you do this in mid journey or not, but one of these tools would definitely do it and be like resize this for every you know like x you know basically dimension. Like the people I work with, there's like um, you know designers on staff where you need something updated, you send it to them, it takes a day or two, and then they're like literally just resizing Photoshop or whatever. So the kind of question I was going to ask you guys um, was like. I thought it was a little bit overblown about how many jobs would be taken from all this stuff. But the latest estimate, it was just published like 30 minutes ago. I saw a bunch of news about it. 300 million jobs like is the estimate of how many jobs would be impacted white by just color, white color. Like creative services that yeah. will be impacted. Not we'll to say they'll be white, they'll be impacted. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, that might mean that one designer can now do 100 times more output and they yeah. still need to be able to be the ones who's doing some of this stuff. But... I think this is coming very quickly. Like I speak to people who are using this in their actual work, like not just the uh, stable diffusion stuff or mid journey, but I'm saying like literally writing emails, uh, you know, well, summarizing dude, you notes. Interviewed, uh, oh yeah, sorry, not, not the email stuff, the text stuff, the image guy. You, you, yeah, yeah, you, Danny Postman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you he, interviewed Danny about that. Exactly. What did he yes. Say? Well, he, I think he was saying something similar. I can't remember exactly about that topic, but essentially, my my summary is like. This is 100% replacing like 90% yeah. of the sort of jobs that we're used to hiring for in these sort of creative fields. It, again, it doesn't mean you're completely being wiped out if you do one of those jobs, but if you're not now, like if you're a designer and you're not playing around with this, you're not going to realize like how quickly it's coming for your job, essentially. I'm going to well, I'm gonna pull go a ahead. tweet up that made me like double down on it too. Hang on. Carry All on, right, sorry. Nice. Well, you know, well, uh, well, Jack is pulling up this tweet. Let me walk through a little bit of back history of Midjourney. Uh, so it was launched in March 2022. It's been a year. That's wild. Un wow. And they're on version 5 now. So here's how quickly they've iterated. Version 1, March 2022. Version 2, April 2022. I think the official the official launch was in July 2022. November 2022 was a V4. V5, which is the Pope drip, was March 16th. This is like... Pope this is like three. the pace that's happening, like GPT-3, <laughs> GPT-3.5 for text, GPT-4 for text. It's like the pace that these things are happening and the leaps that are happening, 
It's freaking terrifying, man. Uh, it's crazy. So shout out to David Holt. He's uh, the founder. Uh, he was also previously the co-founder of Leap Motion. I think Leap Motion was doing some visual stuff, uh, uh, AR, arg augmented reality. But uh, before I continue on mid-journey, Jax pulled some uh, uh, a tweet up here. So this guy, I like this guy's takes. Smart dude says, I've sounded the alarm for family, friends, and all of you. In less than two months, everyone will be paying attention to AI. What happens next will be up to you. As an exchange consulting, I suggest embracing the change. Holdouts will lose the worst. Many new opportunities to come. Learn how to use the tools. Use them immediately to accelerate your work if you can. Become an AI-powered superhero at your job if it's possible. Stay on the cutting edge as the tools evolve. Pivot into adjacent areas as they present themselves. Be creative. That's your advantage. What do you have going for you if you're not ready? I think the solutions are not ready to scale to everyone who wants to use them. The hardware requirements are enormous and interest is growing exponentially. That may buy everyone a little more time to adapt. Yeah, fair. Okay. Good warning. That I, I yeah, it, man, it's uh, I'd say the exponential part is uh, is what's terrifying. And we will link to this. Tyler Cowen, economist from George Mason University, we referenced him before, widely read blog at Marginal Revolution. He made a very interesting point uh, uh, two days ago. Uh, I'll, I'll give you, uh, you guys, I'm going to send it to you guys. I should have sent it to you before. But he said that our generation, particularly in North America, the last 30 years, because post-Cold War, you know, America won the Cold War for 30 years, even, you know, we had 9-11 happen, the financial crisis happened. Those things happened, but relatively, relatively versus history, uh, prosperous times, uh, not a lot of war, not a lot of conflict, and history, things were moving, internet got launched, but it felt, you know, it felt manageable. But I think we're seeing a confluence of events right now, which is more reflective of how history moves. Remember the 20th century? You basically went from World War One. so be, uh, most historians just say that the period between World War One and the end of World War Two, which is 31 years, 1914 and 1945, these are considered that one long period. So imagine like 31 years of every day something insane's going on or like there's there's always this like truly the actually world changing things that are, are really uh uh like covid level uh, remember how that everybody was impacted that whole thing 31 years imagine that feeling for 31 years i mean we're kind of reaching that again with us versus china uh artificial intelligence the speed of the internet we saw we talked about how fast like silicon valley bank that bank run happened that traditionally it would take much longer for people to pull their deposits and cause that to happen he's like History is moving fast again. And like, but this is, you know, this is kind of how it's been. And uh, for A, for a lot of people, they're not used to it because of kind of how we've been for the past couple of decades. And also secondarily, even if you are used to it, the speed right now, you have to remember 10 years ago, there were only a couple hundred million people on Facebook. Now it's 2.5, 3 billion, right? It's like even 10 years ago, we weren't completely logged in and online, everybody had a mobile phone. The speed now is just insane. So we're actually, history's speeding up again, just yeah. objectively. And we have this technology and connectivity, which is insane. So and you know, Trump, be prepared. Well, I, I, I agree. And the other thing I was going to say, we always talk about distribution on this pod, but like this is one of those things where the technology is moving at a crazy pace, but also you've got Microsoft, Google, and all these other companies being able to press a button and launch this into billions oh, of users' hands, really right? Important. Like if you look at Office, even the Google Bard stuff, they're now integrating in Google Docs and all that sort of stuff. 
It's like you're already going to be at work and someone's like, oh, why are you making the slides when you can just press this button and it's going to do this for you. And once, you know, it actually spreads through that and they're going to have prompts within the software you're already using. It's not just like, hey, download this app where it's going to save you time in the future. This one big promise like that friction's already taken away. So I think that's another big thing here as well. Go, go on, Jack. I was going to say that's a great example to talk about because what this does is it actually chops out massive parts of the process. Like you don't have to make slides. You just make yeah. the fucking thing that you're saying you're going to make, right? Like the oh, whole, you're engineering. Yeah, like, oh, we're going to go and we're going to make these images and they're going to look amazing. You just show the images. Or like, we're going to make this app, just make the app. Like the, as you both you guys were talking, I was thinking about this idea that the bottleneck is basically communication. The way, like, the reason the world moves slowly, and in many cases, that's a good thing, right? It's like communication breaks down because the idea isn't good or hasn't been articulated well or hasn't been thought through. But this is like compressing communication in a way that we haven't experienced before, in that if one person can articulate it, it can be built. For like something else, or basically anything else up to this point, like, trying to make that image happen would be 20 people, 30 people, 40 people agreeing, sending money here, getting in a meeting here, aligning time zones to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, it is definitely speed from idea to execution, but it's also the fidelity of communication just going completely exponential where yeah. you don't even have to make, you don't even have to explain the thing now. It's like, here's the image I have in my head and that this we we're on the art example, but that's not or the image generation example, but that's not even the extent of it, right? My um, neighbor is an architect. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out get a beer with him on Thursday, but he's like this is completely blown the business to bits, you know? Like an architect. Well, he firm. said that. Uh, he yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the way it, yeah. he's thinking about it now is like, yeah. yeah, I got dozens of employees built this built this like really strong business, and just like looking at this technology in the context of what I walk into a building and see everyone doing all day is like, this is crazy. Like this is yeah. going to be, this is going to have massive ramifications and everybody kind of looks at it through, you know, we're all going to see it from our angles, right? Like, yeah, our the loud, they're like, yeah. oh, we need a thousand different pieces of creative to test. Yeah. If, if we're like trying to run an ad. Strong is like you could do, you know, 50 different hooks for this piece of content. I'm going to like generate images and we're all in that content world. But outside of that, like it applies to every creative endeavor, which is basically every endeavor, right? If it's not creative, yeah. then nobody's fucking doing it anyway. It's the machine is doing it. Crazy. Yeah. I, I want to, yeah. I want to allow what you said. I never actually thought about that way. Like how you frame, how quickly you can put this. Because I think people's most hands, people, yeah. I think most people are agreeing that this is on. Bill Gates wrote a blog post a week ago. He said this is on par with the invention of the internet, the invention of mobile, and the invention of the semiconductor chip. Like this is that. Yeah, it's not shocking to many people that that's the case. But to Bilal's point, how long did it take for us to get a billion mobile phones in people's hands? You gotta, you gotta create it. You gotta ship it to the store. Yeah. You gotta go to the store. You gotta buy. You gotta go set it up. Literally overnight, Microsoft has given something on par with the internet. Think about the internet. What did you have to do to get the early internet? Your landlines, plug it in, phone line, call your telecommunications and, company. And it's not, and it's not like 
I don't know how to describe this or what word to use, but it's like, it's not a technology in the same way because it has, like the internet is infrastructure, right? The yeah, internet utility. is like, you put shit on the internet. This like makes things. It's like a, it's like a technology, but it's also a producer of things. The internet doesn't produce anything. It allows the exchange of things. And I guess you could argue that AI isn't producing anything. You're giving it the prompt, but its ability to synthesize basically the entirety of human knowledge, output, whatever else in five seconds is like, that's a different mentality to me than like a hardware development, right? Like that. Yeah. It makes it's, sense. A, it's like, it's, it's a completely like there's an exponential component to the technology itself in a way that in my mind exceeds internet mobile device whatever yeah. else it's like you know metcalf's law the like the network there's that great sailor clip of apple you know where he's like yeah, yeah. this is like <laughs> the the exponential increase in like the rate at which you can generate ideas and it like having that exist on well the internet is obviously what makes this possible right it's like people have been compiling knowledge and putting stuff onto the internet for the last 30 years or however long the um like consumer internet has existed and now this is like you can tap into the entirety of that to generate something new in an instant it's it's a yeah. it's a wild thing well, ja i think um way you described it there i 100 percent agree it's kind of like we've had different phases of the consumer internet the way you described right like there was like information, then there was like connectivity between people, then there was like the mobile layer. And like those were still all massive jumps. But like you just said there, to me, those are all like, you're still mostly like sharing or reading content essentially, right? Like there's forms, you're reading stuff. really, yeah. Yeah, you're cons consuming, exactly. And so it's the simplest way I can think of it is the difference between Google search and let's say chat GPT or Bard or whatever. You're, before I'd ask Google search, I have, um, uh, this is a boring example, but literally it's in my head because I did it last night. And I was like, my, I have a knee pain. Like, yeah, this is the old man shit I'm doing right now. Yeah, what, what is wrong with my knee? And then my job as a human is to go and click through the links, read all the stuff and synthesize it and then come back and be like, okay, I think based on that, this is the conclusion. I did it in ChatGPT and it gave me the best summary after me like learning about this for the last few months because my old man knee. I was like, that was a perfect summary of exactly what I, what took me ages to be reading on the internet about. And it, so it not only just synthesized it, but it just read out for me so that I had the summary. Um, so it's just that that's only one like basic, what you guys are talking about is the next level, which is actually creating stuff from scratch. And so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where every time there's this big like tech hype around something, there's normally a bit of hype and you're like, okay, they need to calm down. It's not replacing everything. I'm not saying it's literally replacing everything, but this one is like Trung just said, this is this is a massive deal. This is not like where we're just talking about web three and because we all want our money to go up, this is, like this we're is not talking web three. about Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> not web three. So this is like wow, like this is coming for people's day jobs essentially like very quickly. And so the the question I have for you guys is uh, where what like kind of like the infinite money supply we've talked about on here many, many times before, it devalues money. Like this is going to basically create lots of content. It's going to create all those images and creativity. So what is the remaining 
sound money left or the say, the value left in here? What is that Hello. scarce resource? There we go. You say know the answer to that question. <laughs> there is no second best. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Somehow sir, we make it about Bitcoin. It's ridiculous. What is the apex asset out there? A sugar the cube hardest, powered Tesla. Yeah. What is the hardest element in the world? No, all jokes aside, though, like what? If you're if you're like talking to your little cousin right now, coming out of college, twenty-one years old. Maybe that's a way to frame it. Like, well, dude, and what they're about like, oh, our kids, man. What yeah, about kids, our kids. Sorry, yeah, yeah, your kids. Dude, what's right. Jack gonna tell Ford? Yeah. Like, like what, what am I gonna tell? Like, like I mean, what gotta... are you training? What, like, what should we be learning as young people, as okay. anyone really? But and what are those so, skills we should be developing? Because apart from just a prompt engineer, which we've already talked about, which is probably a whole degree in itself by the time this comes out. But is there like what? I guess what is left. After all Trump this, fans about to go on a rant. Go on, this let's is go great for it. Go Rafa, flip <laughs> this rant. We got uh, the clip ready. I'm let's not even gonna pull up the images because I'm gonna let Rafa add them. He's been killing it, Rafa. Thank you so much. Yeah, smashing it. But if I, if I have to pull the images, it's gonna slow this rant down. Okay, okay. Jackson, take a piss. Maybe I'll hold off on the <laughs> no, rant. No, no, go, go, <laughs> okay. go. Here we okay. have his earphones in. Don't worry, go. <laughs> no, well, here before I go on this rant, actually, uh, I'm gonna rant about what I plan to tell my kid. I've been thinking about this. Uh, but I'm going to tell, uh, I'm going to finalize for Bilal two things you didn't mention. You'd asked about mid-journey. Let me tell you what the business model is. And then let me tell you what the big blowbacks have been. So the business model, and you, again, you should just try it tonight. Everybody listening should try it. Uh, mid-journey is a Discord channel. So just Google uh, mid-journey Discord and it'll send you to the room. You have to download the Discord app. Uh, you get 25 images for free. Every single person signs up, you get 25 images. So you get to do the prompt stuff that we did or the stuff that Jack did. What do you think your first one's going to be? Can, can you can you tease the listeners? I will keep that for the last section okay. where we're talking about <laughs> that joke. Okay. You'll get that uh, joke in uh, 20 yeah. minutes, listeners. I can't try. God, we, yeah. We might skip that today because it looks like this might just be the okay, whole Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's all but, good. Uh, for the listeners, we're supposed to cover how technology changes, P-O-R-N. We're not going to see what that <laughs> word spells out, what those letters spell because we, we don't want to get demonetized before you yeah. monetize. Exactly. All right. So, so after that, it's subscription. Uh, 10 bucks for 200 photos. And uh, they don't actually call it uh, uh, photos. They're, actually, they do, but they call it like minute times. Like each photo takes a minute. So... And then, uh, and then you can pay thirty bucks a month or sixty bucks a month, and you get more images. And then, but you kind of touched on this. I think the thirty dollar tier gives you your own private channel. Oh, that's that's so key. Yeah. So you're not in that public channel where everybody can see oh, everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, the the other thing I'll add is like I think if you pay the twenty dollars a month, uh, there's a slow. Jack, have you ever tried the mid journey? Because they go slow and fast, right? A uh, fast is like you get it within a minute, like the image. But if you if you go slow, because at the end of the day, what is majority charging? They're car charging computing resources. It takes you like 10 minutes to get an image. But apparently, you get infinity. Like you have as many of those as you want, as long as you're willing to go slow. And uh, I had a comment on that because it kind of touched with what Jack and Bob, you guys are talking about, the making image artwork uh, for uh, the ad campaigns. Think about how we used to wait overnight for photography. You take a picture, you take it to... Uh, you're near Remember nearby Kazaa pharmacy. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mate, also no. linked to our last topic. <laughs> Time have just gone yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know what I mean? No, it's like crazy. you wait, you wait, and uh, 
do now. We're gonna people... come back to Kazar in a minute, by the way. Yeah, but yeah, yeah God. Yeah, no. it's hilarious. It's like people can't even wait five minutes to get. Think about how crazy that is. You want a like high fide... You want Jimmy a hallucination, face a on hallucination the floor. Yeah. to be rendered before you your want eyes. It instantly, yeah. instantly. Like I would pay. It's magic. You know what I mean? it's, it's magic. It's so crazy. Yeah. So, um, uh, Jack, I was just explaining that business model to Bilal. I haven't done my rant yet. Uh, uh, but then, uh, the last things I'll say, and this is actually very relevant to Jack. So these are the big criticisms about Mid Journey. Since it's released, these are kind of the controversies it's been embroiled in. Controversy number one: somebody created an artwork for an art competition with Mid Journey, submitted it, and won, and then told them after it was Mid Journey. Right, but Huge. what was the what were the rules of the art contest? Oh, that's the thing. He abided by the rules. Submit art. Yeah. Jack's yeah. getting philosophical here on what yeah, is art. It was a Colorado State. It was a digital art competition. You know that. You know that. You know that meme where the guys are dragging the like box through the mud, and the guy with the wheel is next to him and says, "You want to borrow this?" And they're like, "Now nah, we're good." That's oh what yeah, this that's, is. yeah. Oh yeah, fair. Jack no, it's is a good, back. It's a good point, though. It's a good point. That's though. what it is. I mean, it's done. What is art? Yeah. It's done. What's Photoshop like for? Like, one of my really good friends is a like you know a ske he sketches like with his actual hands, you know, old school. Yeah. And uh, we were talking when the NFT stuff popped off like a few years ago. He was like, oh, but that's not real art, like whatever. And that was the conversation we had. Is like, what is real art? Like, is people not? real art like he does that's digital art. yeah that's art 100 percent is right is and the way people said to banksy back in the day people are like, oh well, that's yeah this guy's like a vandalist or like he's if you, honestly whatever. if you can get anybody to say it's not art it's more art than anything else that, it, it, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you can get a reaction out of someone you're making art if you can't then you're like that's a good fight. you're trying to make art right like the, 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 the reaction great, is part of it right. the ah uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's like another model that comes from learning by analogy or like, you know, in school, you're like, well, art is the stuff that's hanging up in museums. Why is it hanging up in museums? Because it pissed somebody off at some point, probably, <laughs> or it like made a point that half of the population was angry about. That it's just, I think Beeple's career honestly took off like crazy in 2016 when he was doing all the political commentary on the Trump stuff because it's yeah. like gives people a reason to engage with it like like it hate it you know it captures a moment in time gets people's like backs up about this stuff and uh yeah now he's probably yeah. the highest grossing artist in the world and at the same time people are like this guy's not an artist it's yeah like, yeah more yeah Okay, but Jack, that is a little bit different, right? Like he's spending 90 minutes making those one a days like there there is an element of this problem like you're I'm actually shocked at how cool you are with it. Like, hey, listen, that's just a wheelbarrow. Like, I mean, dude, like, I think nothing. Jack's always been like, to be honest, I think because he's the internet first. He's like, this is yeah, the Jack this is, is like, no, but you're also like, kind of like the a Fed. You know what I mean? Yeah, don't fight the dude, Fed. Jack is dropping <laughs> absolute. Okay, you're right. Okay, Jack's on fire today, Jesus. Okay, you gosh. know what, Jack, you're right. Don't so let me Fed. let me let me throw this out there. Then this is very germane to you. This is the biggest criticism of all these text-to-image platforms. What were they trained on? Right? They're trained on existing artwork uh -huh. from existing artists. Those artists are not being compensated. Right now, they're not. Or when it started, Mid Journey BC is the same how GPT took all the text of the internet and trained their models on that. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about? Whoa, oh, that's wow. a good question. Yeah, yeah the internet was trained. These models are trained on my work. Listen, I know there's like, for example, Getty Images now 
and a lot of these other vendors of photos. And getting images is, is a piece of shit organization too. Like they take photos that should belong in the public domain and like charge you six grand a month for it. But like now they're working, trying to work with artists is like uh, trying to give some type of royalty. How do you feel about that? Uh, uh, there should be an opt-out if you don't want to be training the models. That's what they do with the GPT and text. What do you think about that criticism? It's underlying models. The, the, the original sin is that they were stolen materials and the people that did the artwork that trained it, it was not compensated. Well, so that's, your, that's another philosophical definitional argument to me is like stolen from where? You uploaded this shit to the internet. You know what but I mean? But you made it, but you Damn. made it, right? And you're like, you, you, you expect some type of copyright protection. Yeah, you like, might expect you know that, but it's not the case. Like this is the, the nature of the beast. And this is why on like last year's podcast, we talked about this idea of copyright as a, just copyright as an idea is kind of, it's like trying to stuff the genie back in the bottle in in, okay. in my estimation. I'm not saying this is a good thing. I think it's like, it is difficult to, okay, so there's something in here that's like, if your work is profound enough that it is influencing a like large language model, then my assumption is in 90% of cases, you are in a position where you can monetize that work. If it's notorious enough, profound enough, it's being referenced in culture at scale, there are definitely examples where this is not the case. But then, like, the... Everybody hates this argument. Like, nobody wants to hear this. It's like, the create, like, the stuff that I created is informing somebody else's work and they're profiting from it. But that's how humanity works like it's a very like this is a very cse example but it's like going out and about and being inspired by all of these things subconsciously as people you make something that is a byproduct a remix uh you know what's the picasso quote it's like good artists borrow great artists steal that idea yeah. of like yeah. and you can only create things with the experiences and the things that you have consumed you know the things that have gone into your brain so this is just that on steroids and because the early models of this stuff are write a prompt get an image back and people are literally writing in the prompt like ice oh, name right it becomes like a really difficult thing to determine like to what like the the virgil three percent rule is another like good thing to like whack into this discussion it's like when does inspiration meet uh copyright infringement or plagiarism or whatever What's the three percent rule for the listeners jack so the three percent rule trung did a great explanation of this probably 50 episodes ago we did an episode about virgil ablo and the uh, this is like one of his, I guess, maxims for the work that he does is take an object that's recognized and twist it 3%. So it's like this is satirical twist or, you know, accent or, you know, something that frames something in a new context that people already recognize. And in my, like, the instances of this that I've seen, it gets shut down really quickly by consensus of the rest of the the crowd right the artist is pissed off but 
what happens is somebody gets found out that this was a direct ripoff of this and their reputation gets destroyed, right? Like if you're doing that from uh, an account, let's say with a reputation, this happened two days ago, a guy who was like a really, like had a huge network on Instagram of illustration, was doing shit on mid journey and like Photoshopping it into, a, into, his, into, his book, into his sketchbook. Well, how do you get busted? People just uh, somebody realize... found out. Like somebody found the image. The public got... channel, bro, paid thirty bucks a month. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know how they got. I don't know how he got found out. So I don't like. I'm probably shouldn't be discussing it in detail because I don't know the exact um, nuance of it. But there's reputational risk to doing that, and the people that don't have a reputation that rip your work off are very unlikely to get any traction with it anyway. Right. It's like a network game. Like the visualized value. We used to pay somebody to take down all the fake visualized value links and stuff. The people who are pirating that shit are never going to pay you anyway. You know what I mean? Like the people that are going to buy the discount version yeah. of the thing. It's like the internet enables this amazing ability to share information. But with that comes like the expectation that if your thing is good, that people are going to rip that shit off. That's like, want to go really down the rabbit hole? That's like the Richard Dawkins meme analogy right it's like this is a good idea it's gonna replicate like if you don't want your art to be copied don't make anything that people are interested in because that's like how ideas spread jack is just uh, on a okay, hater right jack, you convinced me because uh you know what i thought about and you mentioned earlier the cows it's like the napster thing so not saying it's identical but when people are ripping off music yeah what wrangled the music industry again what made it what made it profitable again it's like okay we built a new business model People, people actually don't want free. They want convenience, which mm -hmm. is what Spotify mm -hmm. is, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You That's want true. convenience and UX. So actually to Bilal, this goes, I think this is a good circle back to Bilal's original question. Rafa, get ready. Uh, what, am, <laughs> what are we going to tell our kids? Here comes the, yeah. Jack, is nailed, Jack nailed a very important point. I think if, if text and images are being commoditized and people can just, I mean, you can write right now to ChatGPT, hey, give me a thousand word short story about Darth Vader and Harry Potter. It'll give you something pretty damn good, right? So if a lot of text is being commoditized and a lot of images are being commoditized, it's like, what part of the business stack can you actually benefit from? And this is going to be so funny and it's so self-serving because it's very NIA. You win on distribution, right? You win on your reputation, but this is where it gets tricky. This is what I've been quite concerned about. And this is why I've actually thought about it. I'm so happy I went to zero to 600,000 Twitter followers. I have distribution, I have a brand now. If I'm starting that today, if you got that moat already, because now you have this superpower. Everybody has access to superpower. But this moat that I was able to build, it's on a sandy castle, it's on Twitter, but you know, I have, we have this podcast, we have a newsletter. Brand and distribution are going to be the arbiters of the winners in the future if everything gets commoditized. I'd like you guys' thoughts on that. Sorry. Jack, yeah, yeah. I that. think we've been saying that. I think, um, yeah, I think there's a good amount of truth to it. I also think that it's hard to estimate how fast these like cycles and compression of, uh, how much attention one person can hold for how long is an, an interesting question too. So there's plenty of examples in pop culture of people who have like two-year, five-year, 10-year yeah. career, but like 
some you know there are a few like unicorns that are like in public consciousness for 30 40 50 years like the only handful of people that can do that but yeah it's obviously a massive edge and if you're like in the content game specifically that ability to just amplify what you're doing in uh you know without introducing more complexity to your organization is is pretty powerful but i don't know that there will was... be a lot of new winners there will be a lot of new winners but it's yeah, like yeah. Well, you talked about this i mean who's honestly going to win this ai race who has it google and microsoft they have the distribution right like that the ai is either gonna buttress and augment their existing empires or and it is because i mean you have something like notion right uh who will come up and be able to integrate ai but they're not going to topple microsoft they're not going to topple google i think uh i think ultimately there will be winners but stuff we always talk about distribution i, I hate to wrap this one but it's not just about content right it's like yeah it's like but i was talking about it. it's like google tomorrow flip of a switch sends this product to billion plus people, two billion people. Yeah, well, uh, and I agree. The, the other thing I was going to say though is, in a world where everything becomes commoditized, so we the examples we're using images, you know, text images, you know, go on to ChatGPT, write me a you know Wikipedia style thread for Twitter, which we've which we've seen like lots of people do over the last few years. Not I'm not me. Talking, yeah, not try not all jokes aside. Trung me. Is, you can't like just. <laughs> Yeah. retrain the model to write like trying right like maybe you can i don't i don't know enough no, about you it, can but, but you bring up a good point but uh, that, yeah but i'm saying like the you know the commodity style like seven things that you yeah, wish yeah, yeah. you knew about breathing air or whatever like that sort of stuff you can do that on these tools already now what i think when you accelerate that amount of kind of mediocre content the best still rises to the top the rarest stuff still rises to the top and now the best is a very subjective term so the best could be someone who's using that to accelerate their output and they find the best stuff. But it could also be like in a different field, let's say photography, right? Like Instagram and everyone has an iPhone or a, a smartphone and Instagram turned everyone into basically a professional photographer compared to what we had 20 years ago. But there are still a small number of people who are at the top of the top who you're gonna hire for your wedding and you're gonna hire them to to snap the, the Arsenal game, you know, live, whatever. There is still, a room there's still room for you but it it just shrinks the pie of number of people who have that elite skill now if someone's there selling themselves as oh i still you know go to the studio and do the lightroom stuff and like i'm gonna have like a polaroid or whatever like that might not be what the market wants but if you're someone who actually is skilled at finding the right image in a live event you can't do that in mid-journey yet right because it's not it's, it's not about live so it's kind of like tv the other thing is we've had youtube tiktok all these different things that have like proliferated the world and i've watched those things as much as anyone but we've also gone in a world where we've basically been in the golden age of like amazing tv series right so like there's there's room for both like there is still going to be like I, I don't know if this ai generated stuff is going to create a euphoria or a succession but it's probably going to create amazing stuff that you're going to put on youtube and we're shorts, going to see people yeah lots of shorts pe yeah shorts and honestly maybe even more like there's a video i was going to share in a second uh this thing called runway which is text to video like if you're someone who's a creative person who's got this idea 
but you don't have the money and time to go and find actors and go and like build this out in person. You could use one of these tools basically today and start creating that storyboard and start creating a concept. And we're going to hopefully see new forms of storytelling too, which is, which is kind of cool. So yeah, I, I do think, like I said before, it's taken lots of our jobs, right? But it also, for the smart people who, who lean into it, like Jack mentioned earlier, you're going to be able to turn this into your assistant that's going to be doing all this stuff for you that you might not yes. want to be doing in the first place. I feel so, strongly um, that it's an augmentation. Uh, yeah. uh, there, there's a world where it will replace... I mean, I, listen, if we're being honest, how fast it's developing, could it completely replace humans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, frankly, a lot of our creative ventures. But I mean, we've talked about this on the show before, and I, I do want to reiterate this story because it's the Van Gogh story of the Starry Night, and it's like, I just cannot get over that story because it, it, it starts with the invention of the camera, right? 1839, the Degar camera was invented by a, a French a Frenchman named Jacques Degar. So he, he used a new type of photochemistry. So commercial camera. Before, it took days for camera to develop film, maybe weeks. This one, 30 minutes, you're going to film, okay? So that hits Paris like a meteor because a lot of painters, you know what the well, one of the number one jobs for painters was? It's to make portraits of people, right? Oh, They're yeah, we've seen portraits. those. Yeah, yeah, you're just making portraits of people. It's like Those the, it's very... kings, bro, showing they yeah. were rich back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? But even like regular folk, bro, was getting yeah, yeah, portraits yeah. done, right? It's kind yeah. of amazing uh, how that dynamic has always been, right? Like the client work is always the shit yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the client work yeah. is always the shit stuff. That's so funny. No, but Jack, I love That's how true. you framed it, though. Like, like <laughs> making portraits was client work. Yeah. But then the camera comes. Guess what? We don't need you anymore. Like, your portrait is not going to be as good as this Degar camera. Yeah, and, that's uh, interesting. Right? So within, uh, within I think, a decade, within five years of the Degar camera being released, remember, this is 30 minutes just to develop that film, and then you got to put it up and put it away in, like, in the Red Room or whatever. 100,000 people had had their photos taken. So then I got all these artists. And then their main source of income was drawn, like, I don't know, Mateo and his wife in their backyard. Like, that's, that's toast, right? So, uh, but what rose out of it was Impressionism. The idea of Claude Monet. Everybody's seen these Claude Monet's like lilies in the ponds, right? They're crazy looking with these strokes. But the whole point was that basically up until the 1850s, when commercial camera use was out there, the number one job of an artist, we just joked about it, was to document history. You're painting uh, scenes, you're painting buildings, you're painting famous people. And... In the 1850s, actually, what was esteemed, what considered esteemed work, was painting historical settings. Like you make, that's why when you go to the Louvre, it's all Jesus pictures, right? It's like you you paint historical figures and historical battle scenes. That was like esteemed work, but like most people were just painting everyday things. And uh, even if you look at Van Gogh's early work, Dutch painter Vincent Van Gogh, born 1853, 1853, I believe. You look at his early work, not a lot of color. It's just pictures of farmhouses, right? But back to Claude Monet, Impressionism, he starts interjecting how he sees the world. It's literally subjective. It's no longer about capturing the objective world anymore. It's like, you start saying, oh, I think, it's like Bilal with the with the fire trees on his walks. But I, oh, that tree is, that's a dope-ass tree. I'm going to add some colors on that tree. That's uh, what Monet was doing. He was just really visualizing the world the way he saw it. But anyways, go back to Van Gogh. What is Van Gogh's most famous painting? It's The Starry Night. And he painted it 
while at an asylum in St. Remy. This happened shortly after he cut off his ear, the famous uh, 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 self-mutilation that everybody knows about. And listen, he, he's very troubled, right? He had true mental health issues. But he went to St. Remy. One year, he painted 150 photos. And uh, among those photos was the Starry Night. And, and this comes from Neil deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist. He told, tells such a beautiful story. He says, because of the invention of the camera, people were removed, artists were removed from the need to just paint reality as it was, right? They could paint reality the way they visualized it and the way they saw it. And what he said about Van Gogh was that what Van Gogh painted that night wasn't what he saw, it's what he felt. And what he meant by that, it's doubly true because Van Gogh actually didn't paint that during nighttime. He painted it during the day from memory. He and was on shrooms too, or what? Yeah. He was equivalent to no he, was on anti, he was on anti-epilepsy drugs. And apparently oh, wow. those anti-epilepsy drugs gives a yellow tint for the world, which is why the stars in the starry night are real trippy. I don't know if that's the case. It's been proposed. But the point being that, and it goes back to your original question, Bilal, is like, what do you tell your kids? Like, what do you do? And I, I think that line is truly profound about our subjective experiences of the world is actually the only moat you're going to have. Like, there's only one Jack Butcher. There's only one Bilal Zaydi. There's only one dude that's walking down the tree, looking at, walking down the street, looking at that tree and being like, you know, that's a fire tree. Like, I'm in the not believing this down, right? bro. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I think that is a very important thing. I'll add one more quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson. This is from uh, Aubrey Straubel. You guys probably know from the internet, uh, from Twitter. From the internet, <laughs> yeah. She had a beautiful quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson. It goes, in science, if you don't do it, somebody else will. Whereas in art, if Beethoven didn't compose a Ninth Symphony, no one else before or after is going to compose a Ninth Symphony that he composed. And no one else is going to paint the starry night that Van Gogh made that night. So I, I think this is a long way of saying, uh, I'm not saying it's the answer, but it's guaranteed that if you don't lean into who you are, like individually, you just stand no chance. Because these AIs, uh, these generative tools will just absolutely smoke you otherwise. I mean, that's your move. That's it's distribution. That was that was brand. sick, Trunk. That was sick. I, that was a, I appreciate I love that dude. quote. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one, right? Did, you just wrote about this in your newsletter, right? Yeah, I, I wrote about it because I've been thinking about this like crazy. I think it's like, it's the only thing I can come up with to try to grasp this. And I don't even know if it's a silver bullet, but I, I, I don't know what else it could possibly be other than being more of yourself. I mean, I, I feel like being, you know, like CFA fan, Wacko fan is the best way uh, to to defend against AI taking my job. Bilal being Bilal, hitting up the barbershop, trying to convert a single listener is the best way for Bilal to be Bilal. There we go. Jack, taking his visualized value aesthetic, but then applying it to every new internet wave that comes and being Jack Butcher is the only way to defend against AI. Yeah. It's all I can think about. I, I no, don't no, know that's, that's a that great uh, way to put it, man. Yeah, beautiful. Jack, any final thoughts before we wrap this up, mate? No, man, that was good. Thanks for that, Trung. That was good. Nice one, Trung. Appreciate you guys. Killed we'll it. See I will if we say, still got uh, a job next week, boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If not, we'll be back here. Uh, asking, <laughs> we'll, be doing, uh, we'll be doing seven episodes a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Live stream. Um, all right, boys. I think, I mean, the only other thing I was going to mention, I don't know if we've got time now, is ChatGPT launched plugins which uh, basically, uh, to me, the word plugin makes it sound so weak. Like It sounds like WordPress plugin, which sounds yeah. like kind of average. But from what I can see, it's almost going to be like another app, another app store. Um, and there's also another thing called Runway Text to Video, which was we were going to talk about. But I think for today, I think the best way to wrap it up was on Trunk's note there. 
So I think we can uh, maybe save that for another time. Well, actually, I'll, uh, we should talk about plugins uh, probably next week. I mean, it is huge. I'll just give yeah. one analogy from yeah. McKay Rigney, who, Wrigley, who's an AI founder, and uh, he touches on what Bilal said. If you want to compare uh, OpenAI GPT to Apple, but not like competing each against each other, but like as the vanguard of each wave. So Apple obviously won the mobile wave, right? So, and then let's consider every part of Apple. There's Apple, there's the iPhone, there's iOS, and there's the App Store, right? Now let's map that onto OpenAI. So OpenAI is Apple. GPT-4 is the iPhone. ChatGPT is iOS. And what Blau said, plugins are the App Store. So that could be, that stack is what could potentially win AI. Although, yeah. let's all count out, let's all count out Bilal's former employer just yet. I'm gonna do, yeah. I'm gonna do, add one Gunge. thing as well. I can't remember where this idea came from earlier in the episode, but the idea of basically the removal of interfaces, like the stuff that Google and Amazon have been trying to do, but basically, oh, clum- Alexa? basically clumsily doing it, right? Voice is actually not that good of a, imagine giving one of those, those prompts by voice. Like yeah. car in forest, A R R I plus. This is not gonna. Yeah. You know, and I, that's I, to me is like the the, the APIs connected to that yeah. is like the ultimate no interfacing. But like I was gonna go. No, no, gonna no. All I was gonna say is I agree with what you're saying, but I would say the other way around. There are some voice style conversational um, searches equivalent that wouldn't be as good in ChatGPT or something. It's, it kind of goes both ways. I think. Like the, the way you said, like car in forest plus blah blah blah. That that should be done in written form, and it gives someone that time to like think about it properly. Whereas like when you like have a conversation with someone for advice or like for asking for a recommendation mm-hmm. or something, that's why I think the voice one could work a little bit better. People talk more smoothly, or their exactly. thoughts translate better to voice than text. In a it's, lot of cases, in some yeah. ways, in some ways, yeah. But exactly. even so, I mean, even even Chat GPT with a voice interface for That's like true. half of the, th- like where you say like the APIs are not contingent on the verticals within that one business, which is what Amazon is basically. Yeah. It's like yeah. you can order it from Amazon or you can buy it like, you know, buy me well, digital off. shit yeah. off. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Versus this uh, is like the, the composable version of that, right? With the whole internet, everything that people develop, um, yeah, so the the voice thing was a dumb comment, actually. A good no, no, no. I, I, I get what you're saying though, because they are generally pretty limited in what, like we've talked about before. Like I only use any of those. I've got literally an Amazon, a Google Home, uh, and I literally use it for a timer when I'm cooking because my hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done two things. It's timer me... and uh, and uh, the weather, play maybe. Play a song. Play a song. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh and yeah. sometimes I'll call. I call my parents yeah. and I'll, I'll do it for my AirPods. But that that's the only time i ever use it but yeah sorry jack i didn't want to cut you off there but um no no i think we we should go all right, a cool, full cool. episode on that anyway because it's long all right perfect let's save that one then but yeah i think this was a really good one let us know what you think of this everyone hope you enjoyed that um and yeah we will see you guys next week and also by the way heads up we we've mentioned rafa our editor who's been doing an amazing job he's been cutting up these amazing little shorts and uh videos and reels and stuff like that so if you use tiktok instagram um and obviously youtube already we're putting them up there as well uh so yeah go check those out subscribe to those as well and give us some love on there and uh, next week we got a special guest luke oh yeah author of wanting that'd be good man that'd be good (laughs) 
That's Kron's gonna be good. voice when he does that. It cracks me up every time. Alright, well, I think. Now the full explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we we everyone. Thank you everyone. Alright, thanks for being here. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Bye bye. Peace. Oh, 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 oh